Welcome, listeners, to the seventh episode of The Unprofessional Analyst. Um, today, our main topic um, is the, uh, the issue regarding student visas and ICE, but we will be talking about other topics such as TikTok, the United Nations, COVID-19, and the WHO. Yes, so um, let's start off with uh, TikTok. So uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary Pardon? of State, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. So um, he says that the U.S. is looking to ban 59 Chinese social, social media apps, including TikTok. And this statement was released just several days after India has banned some Chinese social media apps. The excuse that both countries give is um, personal information security. And we know that this is not true, because if they really care about personal information security, they would have banned Facebook and Google and, and all these companies, too. And then uh, after Mike Pompeo um, said that he's going to ban TikTok, uh, Kevin Mayer, the CEO of TikTok, also an American, so he said, quote, I can confirm that the Chinese government has never made a request to us for the TikTok data of Indian users. If we, if we do ever receive such a request in the future, we will not comply. So, so um, with his statement, we, we, can, we, can, ref- we, we, we can tell that um, the U.S., chose this time to threaten to buy TikTok is just to support India, which, which can cause further conflict between India and China. And, 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 and currently, the previous um, conflict has been uh, quoted down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, what I think about this is, um, I think this could be one of two things. Go ahead. Um, one is... Uh, uh, this could have been influenced by xenophobia because, as you know, Donald Trump um, holds, uh, I guess, what you can say, ignorant views when it comes to foreign, you know, businesses or, or immigrants, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. So I think that his xenophobia might have fueled uh, an actual fear for national security, even though that's not true. So okay. I think this is an invalid claim for him to... I still think it's an invalid claim to claim national security, but I think he might be scared for national security. Or yeah. two, mm-hmm, I think cool. this might be um, he's scared of the influence of TikTok because as you, I don't know if you heard, but do you remember that, that Trump rally that he held um, uh, a few you, weeks ago? You cut off for the last sentence you said. So I, 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 I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Did he, do you remember that Trump rally he held, the campaign rally he held a few weeks ago? Um, in uh, Oklahoma? I think, I th- yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, yeah. Um, what so, about Remember how it was? Remember how he expected a, a ton of people, tens of thousands of people? Yeah, yeah, but but then only a, a, a few um, showed up. Yeah, only a few. Yeah. Um, apparently, people on TikTok um, used the app to communicate and then um, mess with Trump's registration system for that to make it seem like there were going to be uh, a lot more people attending. Okay. It. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is what spe- I don't know. This is a very wild conspiracy theory. I don't know if I believe in it, but uh-huh. someone, someone's people are speculating that. Trump is targeting TikTok because of what they did to his campaign rally. No, oh, I, I, I think um, like, like from my perspective, one is to support India. Two, I think um, it's, it's as usual. Um, the Trump administration is pushing um, anti-China propaganda. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that, that just was, what I think. That, that's that's what I think too. You know, mm-hmm, again, yeah. that xenophobia is, is fueling fears for national security, invalid fears for national security. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, so, and I'll, and also here. Um, I would just like to question Mike Pompeo. What has he done since the pandemic started? Well, um, let me think. 
blame China, blame China, blame China, right? So I was super um, ner- um, angry about this when he first start- started doing this, but now I'm so used to it. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it already. But it's, it's, it's funny how Mike Pompeo hasn't got tired for saying this. It's, I, I think it's because um, he hasn't accomplished his goal yet, which is to shift Americans' um, hate to, to blame China. Well, but obviously blame, it hasn't, blame China for what the pandemic for, for for the pandemic yes well obviously it hasn't worked so that that's why Pompeo is still doing it um and and also we know that international community has been watching the whole time it is clear about who has done a better job of containing the virus right so 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 um let me just tell Pompeo the American people are suffering they're suffering because you're not addressing the pandemic you're just um. You're, you're, you're trying to um, shift attention. You're not helping your people. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's what I want to say to uh, Mike Pompeo. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next news. Well, this news happened uh, technically like eight last, days ago. Last weekend, but we weren't able to yeah. cover it last, last Sunday. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, this was uh, it was just some um, shooting that happened on July Fourth, Independence Day. So um, gun violence continues to grip the city. Dozens of at the city as um, New York, um, dozens of people were shot over the July Fourth holiday weekend on Sunday between midnight and nine a.m. Police said that there were twenty-one shootings, resulted in thirty-seven victims. Well, in all, at least um, nine shooting victims died over the weekend. And also, there was also shooting in Chicago, also in um, South Dakota. I think there was also shooting in uh, Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so I was, um, I was listening to NPR um, mm-hmm. a few days ago, and they were, they were talking about this very, this very topic, about yeah. the, the, um, the rise of shootings over the July 4th holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is the reason as to why. Because typically, over, on July 4th weekends, shootings are pretty high, you know, because people are out. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. But this year it's been um, uh, relatively high compared to other July fours. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what analysts on NPR were were speculating was that um, the uptick in shootings this July fourth may have been caused by the release of prisoners for because of mm. the COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah, because you know how you know how um, how certain states have released they, they, they prisoners, are releasing to, prisoners to lower yeah. the risk levels in prisons. Uh-huh, yeah. So they released a lot of prisoners early, like three months early, a year early, mm. or something like that. So they're saying the reason as to why, or a possible reason as to why, um, the shootings were so high this July Fourth weekend was because of, you know, all these former prisoners in the streets. And as you know, the the, are this is arguable, but the prison the prison ref, the prison system is pretty broken. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, there's a high chance that you will turn into a worse criminal than become less of a criminal in prison. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so all these people who were put through this um, prison incarceration system, who may have you know become more hardened criminals within prison, were suddenly released and caused all these um, shooting or propagated all these shootings over the mm-hmm. July Fourth. Possible, weekend. possible. It's possible. Well, yes, possible. Well, that's that's another topic for another day. Let's move on to the United Nations. So, um, as we all know, um, earlier this year, well, January first this year. Uh, I think January third. So um, the the U.S. Uh, assassinated Iran's uh, general, top general Soleimani. Yeah, so um, so yeah, and then, please. 
Yeah, UN they, expert. They conducted an airstrike on his convoy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Iran Iran retaliated with a missile strike on the U.S. base and also yes. inadvertently shot down a Ukrainian airliner. I'm not sure about that. I. Right. Uh, okay, so... they were they were on high alert, and mm. uh, an airliner was flying over okay. Tehran, and they accidentally shot it down. Mm. Okay, so the 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 UN experts they say that um, the killing of Soleimani was an unlawful killing, and then uh, I'll give you a quote from a UN special reporter, Raptor on the uh, extra ju- judicial. Um, so she said, um, the United States the United States has failed to provide sufficient evidence of an ongoing or imminent attack against its interest to justify the strike on Soleimani's convoy as it left Baghdad airport. Mm. Yeah, because, again, the only... When when the U.S., um, when the United States were trying to justify this preemptive strike, this airstrike on his convoy, mm-hmm. um, they were saying that um, Soleimani was planning an attack on U.S. troops. Yeah. in the Middle East, because mm-hmm. as you know, there, there's a high, there's a, um, a high, uh, what do you call it? There are, there are a lot of military troops stationed in the, in the Middle East, a lot of yes, US military yes, troops. Yes. Um, so, um, so they're saying that Soleimani was planning an attack against certain military bases. But, um, but again, the only time this would be justified is if there, if he really was going to do so. And as the UN has stated, the United States does not have evidence that Qasem Soleimani was actually going to carry out an attack against U.S. troops. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So if so, if the United if it's true that the United States does not have evidence that Qasem Soleimani was not um, going to going to uh, conduct an attack against U.S. troops, I totally agree with the UN in that this was an unjustified killing. Mm-hmm. But if there was like ninety nine point five percent chance, which the UN says there hasn't been. Um, if there was, if the United States had like evidence that would state that there was a ninety nine point five percent chance that Soleimani was going to conduct a military strike against U.S. Um, U.S. military elements, then mm-hmm. I would call it a justified killing. But again, there's not that ev- there isn't any evidence. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I I side with the UN in this one and that this is a uh, this is an unjustified killing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, again, just to reiterate, the U.S. is currently not a member of the U.N. Human Rights Council because it withdrew from it in 2018 so the un so the u.s can't really say anything right now i guess like 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 in the un they can't really say anything because they're not in the human rights council so mm-hmm. yeah and uh, let's move so, on, um, to the, on to covid19 right? yeah pandemic so uh, as of so, the latest data the u.s has currently over 3.2 million cases and if if you look at the total population of the u.s which is 300 million 330 million that's about one out of 100 people who's infected. Um, if, so, so if you go to work, you go to school, you're most likely going to have someone who's infected around you. And, and, and that's really scary. Yeah. But um, yeah, so there, were a lot, there, was a lot of, uh, um, there was a lot of news that came out this week regarding COVID-19. For example, um, Melbourne, Australia... Rece- uh, shut is started or shut down their entire city for for six weeks due to a case spike, um, and then uh, California reached ninety five hundred cases in one day. Yeah. Um, in New York, there was uh, there was a new low in terms of fatalities, which is good. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the um, curve in New York. It's it's been it's been looking good. Yeah, and then, it, and then Trump he said in an interview, the U.S. is in a good place 
and I disagree with him. And then <laughs> the him, him quotation marks being Dr. Anthony Fauci, as uh, we all know, is the um, the leading top medical expert. doctors yeah. in epidemiology and virology. But within 24 hours of Trump's statement saying that U.S. is in a good place, the United States approached quickly approached the three million case mark. Hmm. Um, so obviously that's not a good that's not a good you know these ideas contradict yeah. the u.s is probably not a good place if we're reaching three million cases mm-hmm. um and then in our state of california governor gavin newsom announced that he has plans to release over eight thousand inmates by the end of august to curb the uh the spread of coronavirus within california prison system mm. um i want to know what you think about that about the release of 8,000 inmates. Uh, keep in mind that the, the inmates he's going to release, by the way, before I ask for your analysis, mm-hmm. the, um, they're going to be nonviolent inmates, so like people with drug charges. Okay. okay, okay. And people who are high risk, so like people that are like 75 years old, but they're mm. still in prison. Okay. So nonviolent and high risk. What do you think about that? Um, well, first I want to address the nonviolent elements. I think it's, it's good to release some of the nonviolent uh, people. But but secondly, let's let's take like a high risk. So 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 here you need to categorize people into two types. One is who's one is the, th- those who are actually gonna follow the rules and like stay at home and minimize their um their activities outside. And another type of people is who just doesn't care and who still goes out and just have parties. So since the people they're releasing are high risk, like like old people, so I I think it is. They, they need to consider um, that um, whether those people will actually follow the rules or not. Rules being like the rules of society, like laws and everything. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they have to follow, they have to follow the rules of um, like the lockdown, basically. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. But 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 once they're released and they're high risk. So if they go out, like like too often, if they go out too often, they will be infected, and then mm-hmm. their family may also be infected. Yeah. So that yeah. that that's 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 the only thing I'm worried about. Like like they are nonviolent, which is good, but just they're high risk, and and we don't know if they're gonna if if they're gonna follow the rules or not. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why they're they're um. Because I think it's still more dangerous to keep a high-risk person in prison than actually out in society. Mm. Because obviously, if, you, if you've seen, you know, prisons, they're just... It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. sardine can, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everyone seen. packed into one, mm-hmm. into different buildings just all together, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then... Well, uh, well, well but, but, but I think so. So, so in a prison, at least it's... it's it, 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 it may sound a little bit mean, but I'm going to say this. In a prison, it's a closed loop. It's a closed loop. So virus outbreak it's just going to affect it's everyone go- in it's, the prison it's, it's going to keep in with the prison it's not going to affect that the the the, the people outside yeah i yeah. see what you're saying but then you yeah. also do have to remember that prisoners also have human rights and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah it's wrong to keep them like i see your point it's a valid point mm-hmm. but the reason why they're not looking at it that way is because obviously prisoners are also human yeah, yeah yeah i I, I understand yeah, yeah yeah we can't just you know regard them as just keeping them in a closed loop and everything mm-hmm, yeah because that's like Kind of like it. That's kind of like dehumanizing. It's a valid. It's a valid idea, you know. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand your concern yeah, too. Yeah, but I, under, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I see where you're coming from. But then you do have to realize that you know if this yeah. is what happens, then all the backlash mm-hmm. 
that prisoner that prison systems will face because of you know the dehuman i guess this is kind of like the dehumanization mm-hmm, yeah of, of prisoners but anyway but um but anyway some more covid19 news the so in the united states obviously this is an obvious um uh young young kids are the people that go to school obviously right? yes 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 you know and in the world of medicine there are certain types of doctors called pediatricians that treat little kids okay and treat adolescents mm-hmm. and within the united states there is a an organization for all pediatricians all the doctors that treat young people okay um called the american academy of pediatrics okay and the this american academy of pediatrics which is composed of the leading doctors in in um child care uh-huh. um they're calling for the reopening of schools keep in mind safe but they're still calling for the reopening of mm. schools okay. as they're saying that that um the that schools are essential to the mental development and social development of children and to keep kids away from schools will just hinder that development and may lead to long-term effects down the road so the a doctor in the aap stated the aap the american academy of pediatrics strongly advocates that all policy considerations for the coming school year should start with a goal of having students physically present in school. So I just want to know what you think about this, about doctors, um, keep in mind, leading doctors Mm -hmm. calling for the reopening of schools. Well, um, so I think the doctors calling for schools and Trump calling for opening school, they are different because, because doctors saying, okay, still follow the CDC rules, still like do all the cleaning Mm -hmm. and and everything. Mm -hmm. But, but 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 then Trump opposes the CDC rule and and um coming back to the 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 mental health issue, I think yes it is important for children to have a healthy mental health because because um as as a student right now like um having been in lockdown for three four months, I I do feel it takes a toll huh yeah I I do feel a little bit disconnected with the with the outer world because I haven't been going out that much I went out probably like twice, so um yes but but um and 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 i think uh the reopening of school would definitely help but it has to be safe right it has to be safe so yeah that's what the doctors are are calling for because within this statement after saying that they want kids in schools they set out um guidelines mm, okay they set out advice so um according to the aap they called for social distancing class cohorts Mm. face coverings the um block schedules elimination of lockers and everything mm. like that so yeah i i i think if 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 it is like 99% safe then yeah the schools should open but and and like like the schools can't open with all these protocols just that we have to ma- we have to really make sure that no one gets infected which is still kind of impossible so so overall my opinion is still to have the school closed that that's my opinion Mm. I, I still think that the school should close and and um this is i'm 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 going to give you a data it's around june 20th june 20th there has been a daily increase of about 40,000 cases so before june 20th the daily increase is about 20,000 25,000 but then ever since june 20th there has been an increase over 40 40,000 and and if if you take a look at a graph of the total number of cases there is a turning point on June twentieth, but the turning point is upward, mm. and it's 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 heading toward the wrong direction, and yeah, the reason why June twentieth, because because we know the the Minneapolis riot started at the end of May, so twenty days 
is about is 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 about the incubation period of the virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, see. I see. Yeah, and and then and then more 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 scarily, from July 9th to July 10th, there's an increase of over eighty thousand new cases in the United States. One day, eighty thousand. China has eighty four thousand overall. Yeah, I don't One think. Day. I don't think that this that this uptick in cases is is just because of these rides that we're yeah, occurring. It's, 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 it's definitely think, not I, just because, but it's not just because of the rides, but also you do have to do mind as we've seen here in California, along with this. Obviously, the rides occurred in June, right? Yes. And June is what three months since shutdown occurred. Uh, yeah, ab- ab- about three months. Yeah. Yeah. So as June, as the shutdown got longer and longer, people started to get more comfortable leaving their house. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as along with the right as pe- with people leaving their house for the rides, people were also leaving their house to go to the beach, to go to the mall, go, go to the bar, whatever. go to restaurants as long. Also, along with these rides, reopenings of states were also occurring, you know? Yeah. So so I think it's a combination of all of those. Just in general, people just going out more, whether it's mm-hmm. for rides, whether it's for parties, whether it's for the beach. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. people going out more just led to these uptick cases that you're talking about, the 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. 40,000. Yeah. But yeah, and then wait. Uh, just one more thing, going back to the AAP before we 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 mm-hmm. transition to the next topic. Go um, ahead. Uh, the AAP, I think, they set out um this advice that I think is rather, is rather unrealistic. What did they say? They said, when kids are going back to school, they should wear PPE, right? Yeah. But this PPE should include N95 masks surgical masks gloves disposable gowns and face shields i think that's rather an unrealistic yeah that's um an unrealistic uh what you call this idea because obviously if we're going to be handing those out to every child they're not there's going to be a shortage in hospitals definitely you know yeah because because um you have about 50 million students k to 12 50 million 56 i think the 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 data show Mm. and and the gowns, they, they are not reusable. You throw them exactly. away after one day. So in the quote, six, it says, in the quote, it says disposable gowns, one-time use gowns, you know? So 56 million gowns every day? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, that, that's, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, when I, yeah, when and, I saw and, that, and, I was and like, also, that's, that's rather unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and also um, wearing gowns, you can't take them off and then put them back on. So, which means you can't go to the restroom. You can't eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 so you're going to tell students every day, five days a week, wear gowns, no eating, no restroom, eight hours a day. No. Yeah. That, that's not happening. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's what, um, yeah, I thought when I heard that, that was rather unrealistic. Yeah. But, uh, and, but anyway, and, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, Trump said, uh, in one of his press conference this week, he said, quote, we're not closing. We'll never close. We have saved literally thousands of hundreds of lives, unquote. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, no. that's what he said, yeah. See, like, 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 like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm not even angry about these statements anymore. I'm, I'm just... It's... I, I, I got used to Trump already. Mm. I, I got used to him. Um, do you think... This is just uh, a little tangent here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, do you think that uh, he should invoke the the Defense Production Act, which is um, when the yeah, government yeah, takes should. over yeah, business. Should. and he should. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I've been thinking. But um, so like I see, I think that in terms of the Defense Production Act, I think that he should do it, right? 
Yeah. Because obviously to support, you know, the reopening of schools and to support hospitals. Uh, I, I, I think he invoked it in, in April. Already. He, he, he invoked it for a few companies, but people are saying that he shouldn't, uh, that he should use it to take over other other companies well. too. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But I see like, I see like a valid reason behind, um, by why people, but behind why other people are, are not calling for it, you know? Uh, why? Because obviously America is founded on the uh, basis of liberty and, you know, the DPA is, is yeah, set a precedent yeah. in which, but I see it's a valid reason, but I still think that he should invoke the DPA. Mm-hmm. He should, he should definitely yeah. should. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, moving on to a topic that's somewhat related to COVID-19. Um, on July 7th, 2020, Donald Trump uh, sent a letter to the United Nations regarding the withdrawal from the WHO. Yeah. So he, 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 on July 7th, he confirmed that he was going to start the process. It's a one-year process, but he's, he confirmed that he was going to start the process of withdrawing the United States from the WHO. Um, just, to, just to set more context before we um, deep in, divide, dive into an analysis of this, um, as of June 2020, the United States owed the WHO $198 million. Yeah. Um, Trump has criticized the WHO for being China-centric and for conducting a slow response to the pandemic. Um, so yeah, that's just the context, and I want to know what you what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, um, I'm I'm gonna give more context first. So under the terms of a joint resolution passed by the Congress in 1948, the U.S. must give a year of notice and pay its debt to the agency in order to leave. So yeah, that's why I said. Remember when I said like this was like a year long process? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, so that, the, that's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 U.S. has to pay. 198 million dollars to the World World Health Organization first, and then they can leave. Yeah. So and they also have to. This is the inform. This is. I think his letter was the was them in, was him informing it a year ahead. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Wait. um uh what what I think about it, what I think um well America has given up um trying to lead the world to fight this pandemic. Hmm. Uh, that's yeah. Think. Yeah. So. What I think about this is that this is a, um, so obviously in terms of this pandemic, Trump has tried to shift the blame away from himself, right? Hello? Hello? Uh, you cut off. You said Trump has something and I didn't hear oh, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trump has, um, has tried to shift blame away from himself. You yes. Know? Uh-huh. Yeah. In terms of in, of this pandemic, so I think that this this withdrawal from the WHO is a um, is a like I guess he's trying to use it to validate the fact that the United States is not at fault for the high case number, mm, and it's yeah. around the WHO, you know. Yeah. Because if he if he says that the WHO is at fault and he actually withdraws from the WHO, that got that it's it says like a facade that kind of validates his point, you know. Mm, yeah, and and also um just more information so. Uh, so so currently the experts of WHO they are going around the world to trace the virus, trying to find the origin of the virus. But but then um so a a couple of weeks ago, China said um uh, it, uh so China gave WHO this plan of um finding the origin of the virus, and then almost all countries agreed, and then the U.S. said no, and 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 then now the, the experts are around the world and finding the origin. And then the U.S. has the U.S. withdraws from WHO. Mm. So I, I, I um, it's it it, it 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 may be a conspiracy theory, but I see a correlation because the U.S. has over two hundred biomedical labs around the world. So they are the 
those labs are used to test um, bioweapons, pretty much. So it's just, it's just a theory. I'm not saying it's true, but it's possible that U.S. is trying to hide something from the WHO. So, um, so another thing that 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 someone else was saying, um, Jimmy Polker, who is a, uh, a former U.S. ambassador, okay, um, he's saying that the world will suffer, or may this this withdrawal from the WHO may cause the world to suffer more. When the next worldwide crisis occurs, worldwide health crisis. Well, definitely, as, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah, because because obviously the United States has some of the top medical schools in the world, right? Yes, and, and, and top and, of the and, public and also, health schools yeah. in the world. So, like, um, so when the next worldwide crisis occurs and the WHO goes to respond to it, the United States cannot bring its own top doctors to discuss with other um, health officials from around the world. You know, yeah, and also uh, because they're obviously not part of the WHO. Yeah, and also so the, a, a, a more important aspect I think is. The U.S. Contrib- c- contributes the most to the WHO's budget, so. Yeah, and then the American Medical Association, which is similar to the to the AAP, which is another. So this American Medical Association is also a uh, an organization of doctors uh-huh. from around the U.S. He's saying they're saying that the United States welfare is also at risk because if a health crisis breaks in breaks out within the U.S., experts and doctors from other countries cannot come in. I mean, yeah. they can still come in, but they cannot come in via the WHO yeah. to come and help out and to analyze the situation and, and help find a solution. Um, but yeah, so like what we were saying with, with the fact that the U.S. Um, contributes the most money, which is $450 million a year mm-hmm. to, to the WHO, um, it also will inhibit medical research because obviously the WHO conducts um, you know, revolutionary medical research all the time. Yeah, and also, um, so do, do, when you're cutting do, out those four hundred fifty yeah. million dollars a year, you're obviously not going to be able to. That's obviously going to hinder, or uh, that's obviously going to um, the medical research under the WHO is going to receive less funding. You know. Yeah, um, and and also um, we have to keep in mind that all these money they're going to fight not just COVID nineteen right now. Before COVID nineteen, they're used to fight um, AIDS, malaria, all, all these kind of other disease around the world, and and yeah. and, and and some of the. Mo- are um, African countries because they they, 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 they they don't have um, as as good of a um, health system as other developed countries. So WHO uses the, 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 the uses those money to help the um, the people in Africa. Yeah, um, and then what what else? This um, oh my bad. Uh, so another. Another analysis of this conduct, uh, conducted by Georgetown University professor Larry Dostin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, a public health he's a public health expert and a, actually an international lawyer okay. at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that this withdrawal from the WHO is rather counterintuitive and ironic, because obviously one one reason why Trump wanted to to withdraw from the WHO was because it's China centric, right? Yeah, that's what he says. Uh, he sa- he says it's China centric, yeah, 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 yeah. but um, but obviously the United States is a leader in the WHO, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big player in the WHO. When so, since Trump is leaving because it's China centric, when Trump leaves, when the U.S. leaves and creates a power vacuum, China, he said, Larry Dawson says that China will be happy to fill that power vacuum. You know, yeah, that empty space that the United States has left, mm-hmm. which would in turn make the WHO more China centric. Yeah, in theory. In theory, yeah. So, um, so he's saying that this is rather counterintuitive. If you're leaving because of China, it's just gonna make China more powerful within the within the WHO. Yeah, 
because there's a power vacuum. There's mm-hmm. one big player left and other countries can fill it up. And China is one of those countries that can fill up that power vacuum and become more influential yeah. within, within the WHO. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, oh, and also so, one yeah, thing, so, and also what, another thing that's ironic is, uh, so during a press conference on uh, July 8th, so Mike Pompeo said the following. Of course, the U.S. remains a world leader in the pandemic. It's the U.S. that the world looks to. <laughs> so, like, like he, 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 he said that, and, and I just find it so, it's, it's so funny. Well, yeah, you are a world leader in total number of cases. And, 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 and like, you left the WHO, and then you say you're a world leader. Like, yeah. Like, like I, I don't know how he says it so shamelessly. So, yeah. But anyway, moving up to moving on to another topic that's also somewhat related to the uh, to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the 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 next sem- the next school semester is coming up, right? Yes. And schools are trying to cope with certain ways to to minimize risk within within schools. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Um. So. So, um, so obviously a lot of schools are adopting, you know, some schools are going totally in person. Some schools are doing a hybrid between online and in person and some schools are doing totally online. Right. Yeah. So, um, and obviously the United States is, is known for its high quality education and kids come from, from all around the world to study in the U S right. Yes. And these kids, they come on F or M visas. And Yihan's one of these. Yihan, you're one of these kids, right? You didn't come out on visa, but you're you're an international student, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. You come from another country mm-hmm. than the yes, US. Yes. So, but um, but yeah. So, a lot of kids come to study in the US, but obviously this pandemic is posing um, certain logistical issues, right? Yeah, and and it, it puts a lot of uncertainties on those international students. Mm-hmm. So one way in which the United States is trying to deal with this, with this or with this logistical issue when it comes to reopening schools in in the fall is with the um the the uh quote-unquote deportation of students mm-hmm. that are attending uh u.s schools keep in mind these kids they're only deporting kids that are that are um attending fully online schools so if the mm-hmm. if their if their school is going completely online in the fall then they're they have to leave the country yeah so um, um... but uh yeah, so that's what ICE has saying. Kids with F or M visas mm-hmm. that are studying at an at a totally online school in the U.S. has to have to leave. Yeah, and I just they, want to know what you think about that. Oh, it's um, it's definitely inhumane. It's a very cruel policy because um, if if we think about this, some countries they are they are um scared of um outside cases of coronavirus, so they ban travel to U.S. So. So, um, like, like if, if, if that student from that country is studying in the U.S. and he gets deported, where is he going to go? The, 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 the airplane can't go into his country. Where, 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 where is he going to go? And, and, and also another thing. There is about 1.2 million international students in the U.S. Right? And, and, and um, if, if, if you're trying to deport that many people, and 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 in, in, uh, in well, the obviously, remember, not all those people are going to go to an all, a totally online school. Hello, hello. hello? Sorry, yeah, sorry yeah. to cut you off, but remember, 
just to keep in mind that not all of those one yeah, 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 I, yeah. are going to go to an all mm-hmm. online school, you know? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, but, 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 but still, it's, it's a really significant amount. It creates more chaos and more uncertainty within these students because they, 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 they are scared already because right now with the pandemic um, raging in the, in the U.S., they, they, they don't know if they're going to be able to continue, continue their study. They don't know. They don't know about their future, and 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 now you're saying that oh they're gonna be deported. It's it just puts more uncertainty and fear within these students. Yeah, yeah, and then um, uh, and then as a result, Harvard and MIT and other schools like uh, the Trump administration for this. Yeah, um, but for Matt, are you are you? Um, finished or, or yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, finished. I'm finished. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So so for me, what I think about this is that um, I think that ICE obviously should not be doing this, right? Yeah, definitely not. But uh, what a lot of people are saying is that they're saying that ICE's rationale is a lot worse than it is. They're saying that this is uh, in that they're saying that this is explicitly racist and xenophobic. Um, I think I don't think well, ICE obviously has like a reputation for xenophobia, seeing that they put you know kids in cages yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah but um i don't think that this policy is xenophobic i think it's a dumb policy but i think i don't think it's it's predicated upon race or or xenophobia i think they're just doing it because um because prior to prior to this pandemic it's been um ice ice policy to not let kids into the country if they're attending a totally online education you know yeah so that was their policy so they're saying that prior to the pandemic they're saying if you're going to study at a U.S. institution, that institution cannot be totally online. Well, you know, yeah. But so, but but the, what I'm what I'm saying here is, I think that they're trying to continue that policy with this. I don't think that I'm not saying I don't think that they should continue that policy. You know, I think that these kids that are attending online school should stay in the country. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I think that I think that they're just trying to follow that policy dumbly, but in a dumb way. But um. I don't think that that this policy is predicated upon race. I don't yeah, think it's um, predicated upon xenophobia. I think it's a dumb policy that's just predicated upon ignorance. So um yeah, as as, as we talk about well, well before they don't let kids in if they attend fully online schools, but right yeah. now it's you have a pandemic going on and the know, US exactly. has has, so has this, the most cases. Mm-hmm. So they should not continue that policy because this pandemic was unpredictable, you know? Yeah. This this is unprecedented. So obviously, I think that they should let these kids slide and stay inside the country, but um, but I don't think that. But I think other people are that who are calling this a race issue and a xenophobic issue are also wrong because this is. I don't think that this is a race issue or xenophobic issue. They're just following a policy that they should not be following right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and also, um, with the pressure from the media and from the public, so the ICE they they changed their policy a few days ago. So they said um, now international students who are outside of the U.S. will not lose their visa and that they, would, they are allowed to continue um, their online classes. So, yeah. so, so um, before, b- 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 before the change of the policy, if an international student is, is outside of the U.S., they would lose their visa. Cause, um, and, and, and then, um, oh, and also um, international students who are in the U.S., they, they are not permitted to enter or remain in the U.S. to attend schools that are entirely online. So still, like, as an international student, you cannot be currently in the U.S. and attend online schools in the fall. Mm. 
So basically, they would still deport you. Yeah, but um, but yeah, again, so like I'm saying that this is a dumb policy, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, I think that they're trying to to continue that that policy of not letting kids get an online education on a visa. Yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, but I also, again, I'm gonna reiterate, I don't think that this is a race issue. Mm. And I think mm. people calling it a race issue are just dividing the country more than it has to be. Yeah, maybe. Because if they're just mm-hmm. demonizing. Obviously, ICE is, a lot of ICE policies are pretty bad, you know, than we've seen with Mexican immigrants on the southern border. Yeah. Or Hispanic or Latino immigrants coming from other South American countries. Mm-hmm. But, um, but again, this is, this is not a race issue. And to call it a race issue will just call, cause more division within the country. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, um, th- this policy it would not only hurt the foreign students, but it would also hurt America itself because it would lose a lot of human resources. Also, it would create a vacuum in the U.S. economy because the U.S. has more than 1 million international students doing various graduate and undergraduate program. Um, and, and also, according to the international Institution of International Education, that's about 5.5% of total student community in the country. And they account for a huge amount of the economy. So they generate about $44.7 billion for the U.S. And, and as you can tell, that's, that's a lot of money. So, so, um, so this is the question I want to ask. Why is the U.S. doing this? Why? Deporting kids on yeah. the FDSA if they're, if they're gone. I think, again, I think it's just because they're they're following a policy that's been in place for ever since the start of this SEVP or SVEP. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they should not be following that policy, but I think they're just trying to continue that policy um, mm. just for the sake of it. But again, I'm going to reiterate, they should not be um, following that this, policy because so, this so is here, un- here, this here is are my opinions. And everything. So, so first, I think one of the reasons is the government, the U.S. government is starts to realize that they do not have enough human resource for, from its own citizens. So, in, in other words, like, this may sound mean, but there are not enough smart Americans. So, um, because, so, uh, the largest education system in the U.S. is the public system. And then we know that public education system is not as good as the private system. And many cannot afford private education, so they would um, go to public schools. Right? So which makes domestic talent rare. Because, as you know, public education is not as good as private education. And people can't afford private, so they go to public schools. And, um, and Wait, I, don't, I, don't, I still don't follow what you're saying, though. Okay, so, 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 so what I'm saying is that, from, remember last week we talked about how the U.S. Um, banned visa for um, uh, high-tech workers, remember, skilled workers? Uh yeah. So, and then and then and then we said over half of employer uh, em, em, employers in uh, in Silicon Valley are foreign workers. Remember I said that. Mm-hmm. That indicates that there are not enough human resource in America. There has to be a type of human resource, outer resource, to fill that gap. And I think the U.S. government is starting to realize that. So. So, so, so that's why they want to deport students, which will open up spots for Americans. So Americans can go to those top schools. They can learn themselves. 
and 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 they can fill the gaps in Silicon Valley's.、Hmm. You, you 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 see my logic? I see your logic, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Okay, so so um, I think that's so the, I think that's a little wild of a conspiracy theory. What what? In the, my opinion, the public education system in the U.S. is far worse than the private education system, right? In terms of quality of education, yes. Okay. So, and which and um and we know that there are a lot of families who cannot afford private education, so they go to public schools, right?、Mm-hmm. And then if you go to public school, what?、Well, um, in theory, you have a less you have less chance of getting to a A, a a good college, and if you, I don't.、Mm-hmm. Okay. So, which means that this will make domestic talent rare. You won't have as much as 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 as, as you won't have that many、um, high tech workers.、Hmm. Okay. Okay. You see my logic? Yeah. Yeah, but again, I don't know if I. I think that's too wild of a conspiracy theory to de- deport kids just to create a uh, uh, an open opening to the job market. Well, no, it's 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 not just job market, but also it's to send Americans to the to um the top schools. It's 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 to have domestic talents, to have domestic human resource, because 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 right now a lot of um foreign students. After they came to U.S. and studied, they choose to stay in the U.S. and they would work in in an American company. But but right now, that ratio is too high. So I think the government starts to realize that. So they want to cut the ratio down, and they want to what ultimately give more jobs to American people. As 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 we talked about last week, remember? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with this.、Mm. Okay, then, then, I then, um, I, I, I have another reason for this. Another theory.、Mm. I have another theory. It, it, it may be more acceptable, acceptable, acceptable to you. So Trump, we know that there is a election coming up in November, and he needs to win, right? He wants to win. So, which means he needs their economy to recover, because, because, because we know, um, if if during the presidency the economy is good, the president is 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 probably gonna. It's it's probably gonna win, win again, so Trump needs the economy recovered, and there are about fifty six million K to twelve students and twenty million college students in America, and if the students, they account for seventy six million students, if they don't go to school, their parents cannot necessarily go to work because you have little, you can't just leave little kids at home, which is bad for economy, because parents can't go to work if they don't go to work, the companies can't make any money, the companies don't make any money, the economy is gonna suffer. And also, secondly, opening of schools also boosts the economy because schools, schools itself is like a company. They generate revenues. They provide jobs for 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 for, for people. Um, this this total reopening, um, it will, it it will it will it will make the economy flow again.、Mm. That's. But how is? But I don't see what how this is a reason for the deportation of students. Well, okay, let's see. So, um. The universities, Harvard, MIT, they they don't want their international students to leave because international、yeah. students they pay more money, right? Yeah. And 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 so, so since the so 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 the U.S. government said that schools cannot be online, 
or else they would deport the international students. So Harvard will be tech, like like quote unquote forced to reopen their schools because they don't want their international students to go back home, right? Yeah, I was gonna, I was actually gonna get to that point. Yeah, but you went, we were kind of went on so, a tangent. I was gonna, I, was I think gonna that, that, that point, may be but... a more reasonable uh, theory for this mm-hmm. policy. Yeah, I was gonna get. I was actually gonna get on that point, mm. but we actually went on a tangent. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, so I was gonna say that. Obviously, I have it in my notes. Um, obviously, universities have been a lot of, under a lot of stress due to the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. They had to end last semester early and send students home, yeah. and obviously, thereby losing a lot of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and attempts to recover financially from the virus are evident. Um, universities are increasing tuition. They're continuing to charge for room and board, even though that kids are at home. Um, and other necessities, other necessities that the college, that the average American college student must pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, the the deportation of foreign students who make up a significant population amongst the general American or American education population um, um, will cause an even an even further loss in revenue. Yes. Right. Yes. So I was gonna I was gonna get to that topic mm-hmm. where yeah. schools are gonna be forced to reopen to uh-huh. are gonna be forced to reopen to maintain that revenue. Right. Yeah. 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 But for me, I wasn't going on going to go into a tangent where it's supposed to reopen the economy. I was going to say that this is going to be rather detrimental to the health of cert- of the health and welfare of students because well, yeah, obviously yeah, they're on yeah, if they're on campus. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so when you have, if you're not going to be losing, you know, a ton of kids due to due to deportation, then you're obviously going to be able to re- help hopefully recover from this financial loss due to, due to the pandemic, right? Yeah. So I was gonna. So I was gonna say schools are gonna switch to either in person or hybrid teaching, and avoid online just to stay financially afloat. Mm-hmm. But again, thereby putting yeah. students and faculty at risk, all in the name for yeah. money. Well, Trump needs to win. He wants to win in November, yeah, so, so he has I'll... to do this. He has to get the economy back. Mm. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, uh is no, there that's anything it. else you have to it. say about it or all right um so thank you for listening to the seventh episode of the unprofessional analysts and we'll see you Bye-bye. next time